Good morning, everyone. Uh, how is everybody doing in the, with the cold and the snow and the wet and stuff? We all doing okay? Yeah? Um, I don't want to get uh, in trouble here, but I, for one, am a weird duck. I like the snow. Um, there's something about it that I enjoy it uh, from uh, I used to snowmobile in it to just uh, playing in it as a little kid. There's, there's something about it that uh, I enjoy, and uh, I, I know that there are some that hate it, like my sister passionately does not like driving in it. You hate it too? So I know that there's a, those of you out there that don't like it. So um, for those of you that don't know, I am Tony Martinez, um, one of the pastors here. Uh, get to serve alongside uh, two others, Chris Polito and Nick, wherever he left off to. Um, uh, such a huge blessing to be able to serve together and to um, just shepherd uh, together. Um, I'd like to first start off to uh, share our vision as Gospel Community Church, um, and, and our vision statement here is to live authentic lives, proclaiming the good news of Jesus, and inviting Castle Country to belong to and expand the way. So we want to live authentically. We don't want to be different um, here versus at our jobs, versus at Walmart, let's say. Like, what you see is what you get. That, that's our um, goal here, um, is to live authentic lives um, in Christ. And proclaiming the good news of Jesus, um, uh, sharing that, showing that, living that uh, to others. Um, and, and we feel right now that Castle Country is where we belong. Like uh, We share it among whoever that comes, but right now we want to reach out to our, our local communities and, and uh, share the gospel and, and expand Jesus' kingdom. And, and going on from that, um, how we do that is through that know, grow, go. First, we have to know who Jesus is. He has to be our Lord, our personal Lord and Savior. Um, and in that, we grow together as a church, as a, as a community of believers, and then we go and we just share that good news. We live that good news with others, and that's who we are at Gospel Community Church for, uh, for, the, for the, uh, those of you that don't know. Um, before we kick off uh, today's sermon, um, I ask that you would pray with me. Um, I've, I got the jitters um, being up here in front of people, um, but God gives me strength that I can do this, but I would appreciate just some prayers for today's service. Um, in God's message, and um, for me to lay down in Christ to be raised. Uh, join me, please. Um, Father God, Lord, first and foremost, thank you for, for you. Thank you for being here with us today, Lord. Um, thank you for your word and your message and your coming, Father. Um, pray that, um, like always, Lord, I just ask always that the word sinks in deep to us, that it sticks with us, it transforms our lives, that we become more like you and less of our sinful flesh, Father. Um, we thank you and we love you, Lord. Amen. So today is the beginning of our Advent series. And um, uh, I come up with a little bit of the outline of the Advent. And um, today is going to be some personal questions I had. And to be honest with you, um, it was a struggle. Um, I would have to say that Advent for me was more of um, like a Christmas type of thing. You heard the word Advent, and it was just a time of uh, um, talking about Christ's birth and how he come and he saved us from ourselves, um, a lot of that stuff. But the more I read, the more it talked about um, Advent being, um, well, first of all, the definition is the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. 
So the arrival of something. The, the word advent even just directly in Latin means coming. And so we have this, this time that we're celebrating um, a, a coming. We've had Jesus come in his first appearance, and, and he came um, and, and died for us and, and gave his life. And we have this second coming that he talks about in Scripture. But I had this, this thing that was going on in me, like I really didn't, like I didn't look forward to it. Um, I didn't understand the communication of Advent. Like I could understand the, the, the needing of a Savior and the Messiah coming and, and conquering death and, and giving us life. But like as far as I was concerned, like Christ is with me. Um, he's here and now. Um, and, and to be looking forward just really didn't give me I didn't understand it much. So today, I hope that you can walk with me on some of this, um, this part of scripture that um, I didn't give much heed to, I didn't really understand much, and, and walk with me on more of what Advent is and more of what the second coming is. Um, and starting all this, I thought of this, and I'm like, what have I anticipated in my life to where this coming was? and especially towards the season. And, and it come back to, as, as a little boy, um, probably 8, 9, 10, probably older, um, I was super excited about Christmas. But it wasn't because of the coming of Jesus. It wasn't because of the celebration of his birth. It was because of toys. I mean, let's just be honest. Um, that was my excitement. And I knew that after Thanksgiving, that was the next thing that was coming. And um, there was just this excitement of, of, of Christmas to come and the, the, the toys that you possibly got um, with, with you and maybe your siblings or your friends. That was kind of like what I could look at if someone was to say that is what Advent is supposed to be like, a, a, an eager anticipation of something. So here I am, I, I caught myself, I'm like, man, I don't have really an eager expectation of Christ's second coming. Um, Again, I, I kind of told you guys already, like, uh, I'm, I'm pretty content with what God has given me already, and, and I feel I have everything I need, and, and didn't think too much of it, and just kind of went along with it. So here today, I, I want to walk through a few things on what Christ has showed me the last little while, and, uh, and just go over Advent on, on the, the, the outlook of some of these things. So in studying, um, it, it's, it's talked about that you take two weeks and you study the coming of the, the second coming, and then it's talked about where you look backwards to Christ's first coming and the uh, anticipation the Israelites felt uh, uh, for a Messiah to come um, will be the last two weeks, and of course these first two weeks we're going to go over to uh, Christ's second return, his coming back for us. So first of all, I just asked the basics. Why a return of Christ? Like, he already came. He conquered. He saved me. He, he done the, the thing that I couldn't do. Um, I already told you I was troubled. I didn't really have an answer for this. Um, I never really even gave it much thought, to be honest with you. It didn't feel like that kid at Christmas thing. So, first of all, I had to start, uh, jump into God's Word. And, and this is just a little glimpse of some of the thing on the second coming. I just had to see what God's word said about it, and I wanted to share that a little bit with you. I wanted to let God's word just be God's word, and we'll read it together, and, and we'll go from there and see where God uh, walks with us on this. So 
I was looking into Advent. I was looking into what the scripture says about looking forward to it. Um, and I come across 2 Peter chapter 3, verse, basically the whole chapter, except 16 and 17 is, is not really uh, what I was going after. So you're going to see me. I'm going to skip 16 and, or half of 15 and, some, and all of 16 and jump right into 17. Um, I chose the NIV version for this scripture instead of the ESV. Not because one is better than the other for you that maybe don't know the different um, translations of the Bible. You've got, you've got a word-for-word -word type translation, and you have a thought-for-thought -thought type translation. They're both God's word. It's not that one has more authority. So the NIV is more of a thought-for-thought -thought translation that um, it, it, it portrays the thought that's given behind the message. And that's what I'm going to read to on the first one. The rest will be the ESV, which is uh, a word-for-word -word type translation. So um, there's Bibles in front of you. Some of them are NIV. Some of them are ESVs. I encourage you to grab them, read with me, so you know what God's Word says and not just some um, man up on the stage here. So again, 2 Peter um, chapter 3, and basically going to be reading the whole, the whole thing. And so what we're looking for here is just what Peter's trying to say, some of the strong uh, statements about the second coming, and, and try to maybe dissect some of these things. It starts off as, uh, Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through the apostles. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, Where is this coming he promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forgot that long ago God's word, the he excuse me, but they deliberately forgot that long ago by God's word the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. Moving on to 17. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from the secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. So we see a lot there in God's word. <clears throat> Talking about his second coming. 
And, and it does mention in there to be looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. I see it in scripture. I see the Lord will come back and that we should not forget. We should keep that in us, that he talks about it many times through the New Testament. It's prophesied in the Old Testament um, that these prophecies will be fulfilled in the second coming, that Christ has not fulfilled all. And so I have here in front of me something that, that's telling me some of this stuff, and I still don't understand it. I still don't grasp all of it. Um, saying a new heaven, a new earth, that Christ is coming back, and we ought to be ready, and we ought to live holy lives, um, grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You, book, you read through the book of Revelation, and it, it talks in Revelation 1-7. It says, Behold, He is coming. And, and if you read through Revelation, it, it talks about the plans have been made, and the preparation is underway. Even though none of us know the day or the hour of the second coming, we must live in expectation of his arrival. He is coming. This means that we must be ready, but not in the sense that we stand around gazing at the heavens, trying to predict when he's coming back, but in the sense that we are busy spreading his gospel with urgency. There's people that don't know about Jesus. There's people out there dying every day that don't know that. Lastly, in reading through Scripture, I come across uh, some other things. I see that it talks about, don't forget he's coming back. Um, there will be a time when, when the new heavens, the new earth will be made. Um, Revelation is all talking about his plan, how it's coming. And we, I also caught on to something else. His next return will be different than the first. The second coming will be different. We are told in Scripture that the second coming of Jesus will be with power and great glory. During Jesus' first coming, he humbled himself, uh, being born in a stable in Bethlehem and living a life on earth with great humility. However, upon his return, he will come back as pronounced King of Kings and Lord of Lords. On this day, in a triumphant return, the whole world will see and know who Jesus really was. Humility stands out in Jesus' first coming. Glory stands out in his second coming. His return will be triumphant, marked with the powerful accomplishment I'm struggling with that one today. Accompaniment of angels and saints. Still couldn't get the word out. The first coming was in humility, humbleness, coming in as a servant. Um, giving us that choice and that allowance to see Christ for who he really was, or really is. Um, loving, um, coming to make us right with the Father. The second coming, everyone will know who Christ is. And we're going to see um, uh, Jesus in his glory um, as a pronounced king of kings, lord of lords. And, and, and like I said, every knee will bow. Everyone will know. So in my studies, I'm seeing, and there's so much in the, in the New Testament on, on Christ's second return. I was looking for the specs. I read them one time on how many verses, how many outlines there are about Christ's second return. And there's a lot in there is all I could say. I couldn't find the direct source again. So I see over and over, if the Bible keeps going over something and talking about Christ's second return, it's important. We need to take heed to it. And again, I'm still missing the boat on why I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm, I'm thick. Uh, it takes me a while. I got to beat with the head. And, and it starts coming. And the second thing I wanted to talk about, which, which started, uh, God started to transform me in this, 
And, and, and the point is, he's coming back to physically reign, not just spiritually. So what I mean by that is, is, is I jotted down some things here. Jesus saved us in his first coming from the consequence of sin, which is death and separation from God. So in his first coming, he'd done something that we could not do. Um, we're a fallen, broken people. Um, we chose something other than God. Um, we chose not to, uh, we didn't choose life. Uh, some discussion this week with, with a friend of, of mine and myself, we were talking about different things, about um, hot and cold, light and dark, and, and then we, we got into this, which is life and death. And, and to bring this a little bit more clear on, on choosing anything but Christ is, is death, is, is like going on in, I, I like documentaries, I like science channels, different things like that. And in some of my watching and some of my listening, it talks about how there's really no such thing as, like, cold. There is a lack of heat. Um, you either have heat or you don't. And if you don't have it, you don't have anything. You don't have anything, uh, any heat at all. And so, um, you know, there's not a certain degree of cold. There's just a, a lesser amount of heat. And if you don't have anything, no existence, no energy, you just have nothing, which is cold, which is barren. And the same thing with light, light and darkness. There's no such thing as really like a darkness. There's just an absence of light. You, you can't have, like the only way you can have, like, like I said, nothing is, is that darkness is nothing. Um, light is something. Light is, um, is, is, is the same way I'm going with death and life. Without Christ, without Jesus, the author of life, there is no such thing as life, which is death. And so when we chose anything but God, when we, when we sinned, when we says, you know what, you don't know my, my, uh, my wellness, you, you don't know what you're talking about, like I've got this, I'm going to do what Tony wants to do, Tony becomes his own God, and we, we just chose death. We, we shoved God to the side, which is the author of life, and we chose death. Like there's no middle ground, like neither look to Christ, which is the author of life, or there's nothing, there, there is no power, there is nothing. That's where we were saved from. Jesus came down. He bore our penalty. We, we have a just God, a just and righteous God. He can't come to me and say, Tony, I'm going to let you go, but Jennifer, uh, you just went a little bit too far, um, and you're done. Like, there's justice. There has to be justice. He's a fair and just God. And so, again, we couldn't do it. Christ come down. He bore flesh like we bore, bear. Um, uh, he walked the walk that we, we should have walked. Um, he lived the life that we should have lived, and, and he'd done it perfectly. And out of all that, he didn't deserve what he, what he went through. He took on our punishment. He bore our punishment, which ultimately was separation from God the Father. Um, that was huge on, on how physical that was and, and detrimental. We're moving on from, from this, but we still see, and this is where I was maybe blind, but physically things are still in disorder and need repair. You know, Christ is in the process of making all things new. 
Ken Ham, an author of some books I've read, uh, made this uh, comment. No Christian should underestimate the importance of the second coming of Christ. Without his return, there is no final consummation of all things, which includes the restoration of creation, the eternal reward for the redeemed, the eternal punishment of the wicked. Every Christian should long for his return to see him gloriously carry out the victory that was already won at the cross. It started opening my eyes. I started to realize that, yes, I have Christ, and yes, I'm free, and I have everything I could possibly need in Christ, here and now. And I'm thankful for that. But I started realizing I live in a broken place. I live in a fallen world. And this is not where we're made to be to stay for eternity. That Christ is coming back. He is to come and, and, and um, restore creation to where we fractured it. Restore things back to the way that he designed it. The consummation of all things. I had to look that word up <laughs> uh, on that quote. Uh, kind of like a, a complete completion of all things. There is no final completion of all things. And, and then this Ken Ham goes through and, and includes the restoration of creation, the reward for the redeemed, eternal punishment for the wicked. Like I started seeing the light, like I have Christ here and now. So very blessed in that. But as I started going into the third thing come, which is he's coming back to come for us, to take us home. I don't know if some of you realize this or not. I hope you do. But this is not our home. Where we're at here right now, Jesus talks about it many times. That, that in his place, such and such this, or, or whatever, like this is not his home. This is not our home. You know, come, come to me like when, as we were, uh, Jen and I, uh, first being married couple, you know, we moved away from here. We moved to North Salt Lake. We lived there for about a year. Um, went from North Salt Lake to Tooele. We lived in Tooele for about 10 years. We bought our first home. Started raising our young family there. And um, really have nothing negative to say. Like, I, I enjoyed Tooele. I enjoyed living in North Salt Lake. Um, well, maybe not North Salt Lake as much. But Tooele, I uh, did. We were young. There were some things that just, uh, anyways. Uh, Tooele was definitely a nice place. Um, and, and we enjoyed it. But we always had this type of yearning that we wanted to come back to Price. This is where we was raised, um, and, and this was kind of home, and we had that yearning. And, and as you can see now, uh, we, we live here. Um, God was able to bring us back here for the time being. Um, it would be nice if he leaves us here uh, for my lifetime, but again, it's in God's hands where he takes us. But that is kind of where we're at. We have this yearning that we're not home. We, we live in this broken, fallen world where, where there's disease, where there's death, where there's corruption, where there's pain. And, and that there's more to it. Again, I can't underestimate what we have today in Christ, which is so much, which gives us the strength to move on. But I'll tell you right now, this is not, this is not um, where we're supposed to be or where we're going to stay to be, I guess. Um, Moving into God's word on that. In Hebrews 13, 14, in the ESV, it says, For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. We have no lasting city here. What's, 
in, in so many ways on this earth, what's here today is gone tomorrow. We are not built to stay here. We are, we are built to be with the king. Philippians 3.20, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is not here. It's temporary here. We're, we're, um, we're outside of our, our homeland. We're just visiting for a little while. We're going to be somewhere different with him. You know, and as, as, as times go on and we, we fight different things and we, we fight where we're at today with, with maybe disease, with maybe um, struggles with sin and stuff, you know, it's encouraging that Jesus himself talks about coming back to get us. We have in John 14, uh, 1 through 3, we have here a moment where the disciples are starting to understand that Jesus is leaving. He's, he's going away. They fully don't grasp 100% yet what's going on with his crucifixion. But their hearts are troubled. And here's some comforting words from Jesus to, to tell them. Like, It starts off, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. That's encouraging. Like you're starting to see this advent, this, this excitement for, <laughs> for Jesus' second coming, the consummation of all things, to make us right again, to make creation right again, excuse me. So to recap, some more notes. Advent symbolizes the present situation of the church in these last days as God's people wait for the return of Christ in glory to consummate his eternal kingdom. The church is in a similar situation to Israel at the end of the Old Testament. We're in exile. We're in a foreign place. Waiting and hoping in prayerful expectation for the coming of the Messiah. Israel looked back to God's past gracious actions on their behalf in leading them out of Egypt in the Exodus. And on this basis, they called for God once again to act for them. In the same way, the church during Advent looks back upon Christ's coming in celebration, while at the same time looking forward in eager anticipation to the coming of Christ's kingdom when he returns for his people. In this light, the Advent hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, perfectly represents the church's cry during Advent season. While Israel would have sung the song in expectation of Christ's first coming, the church now sings the song in commemoration of the first coming and the expectation of the second coming in the future. While it is difficult to keep in mind in the midst of the holiday celebrations, the shopping, the lights, the decorations, the joyful carols, Advent is a time of eager expectation. The violence and evil in the world cause us to cry out to God to make things right, to put deaths dark shadows to flight. Our exile in the present makes us look forward to our future exodus and our physical being with Christ. Lastly, but while we're longing for that day, don't forget that Christ ultimately has us in his hands today. And we have everything we need today. So in times of distress, please don't get caught up on tomorrow when Christ has you now. 
there's just a, a, a little warning I want to give out that people sometimes get too stuck on the second coming. They start researching it to the depth of trying to predict when he's coming. Um, Christ says no one knows besides the Father when he's coming. What we're called to do, the here and now, is be prepared in Christ to share the gospel with others, to understand that Jesus is coming back, and there's more to life than, than the here and now. So please don't get caught up in, the, in that. Um, technically, we're in end times. We've been in end times since Christ left. Uh, that, that shouldn't be no surprise to anybody. But to get off on the tangent and really start diving into that stuff, you're, you're, you're withholding the gospel from so many when all you're doing is studying the second coming. I just wanted to put that out as a warning because it has, um, it has happened. Um, and people get sidetracked on, on trying to predict that and trying to walk through that instead of sharing the gospel. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your gracious walk um, with us, Lord, with me this week, Father. And, and um, I repent, Lord, thinking that the world was okay. I'm sorry, Father. The world is not okay. It needs you. It needs your people out in it sharing the gospel and bringing people to you, Father, to show them that there's, there, is, there is life, Father. Help us go out and share that life with others, Lord. I thank you for your patience, Lord. We talk in your word that your, your patience with us is our salvation. You, you give us time to go and share the gospel, to bring others to you, Father. And I thank you for that. Pray that you walk with us, Lord, that you help us understand 